0: This is the Zmar Podcast. Elite Benefits of America helps small and mid-sized companies with their health insurance programs. And now, your host, Butch Zmar.
1: Sometimes great ideas come around with people that are like-minded. And so when you associate yourself with people that are thinking the same thing, you they tend to gravitate and work together in some capacity. And so when you look at development or moving to a better spot or more success uh, or better outcomes, whatever it might be, in order to get to that place, you have to hang out with those who are doing that. And if anything, they force you to think differently or, or bring you different ideas to the table we've all heard that success, you got to hang out with more successful people to bring you up, right? And so if you stay around the same party that you usually have, you usually get the same ideas over and over again. And so if you're expecting the same results, just keep hanging out with the people that you are. And so coming together with this topic for today's podcast, it actually made me think of, um, a, um, cartoon movie that a lot of kids watch we watched it a bazillion times called big big hero six and there's a part in there where the they were trying to come up with an idea for the get into a school scholarship by creating a science project essentially the older brother was already in the school and so the little brother wanted to follow the brothers big brother's footsteps and get into the school so he was trying to come up with this project and he keeps scrapping ideas scrapping ideas so the kid, uh, the big brother goes over, picks up his little brother to flips him over his shoulder and bounces him around. And he basically says, sometimes you got to look at things from a different angle. And so, and all of a sudden he gets to see something across the room that he probably would have never saw before. And, uh, ends up being, uh, one of those robotic, um, magnet things. And, um, obviously the rest of the movie is about that. But my whole point is sometimes you have to hang around people that are going to force you to pull out new ideas. And so, uh, obviously, we've heard of Gallup polls, and there's a new one that came out about healthcare costs and where it's going. And uh, part of the study, and I just wanted to point out that uh, the Gallup poll had figured out through the, their polling that Americans were postponing treatments, and it had an increase to, to the highest level in 22 years. And based on their data, 38% postponed healthcare because of the cost. And we all know how is cost is going up, but the problem that I talk about all the time is no one's addressing the the cost. No one's holding it accountable. They keep thinking that's what it is. Um, and partly with the Affordable Care Act, uh, the one thing that they addressed was how to buy, uh, purchase, and make it more affordable from a premium perspective, based on certain individuals that or families that qualified for it, based on a credit paid for by taxpayers. But what they didn't address is the cost going into it. But let me, so we can increase your income or ability to pay something, but if you don't control the actual overall cost, it makes it harder to keep things affordable at some point because some, uh, in this case, the Affordable Care Act, the financial aid's gonna go away. They created the shop exchange for small businesses to try to give them a tax credit. Um, back to the business for providing a health care to create incentive to provide health insurance to the employees so that they're not on government assistance and whatnot. Um, But it ended up being a flop because they made the restrictions so hard. But again, you're just trying to create ability to have somebody else pay the bill. Eventually, you're going to have to grow up and pay the bill. So I always say it's almost like uh, we're a bunch of kids wanting somebody else to pay the bill. And finally, when it shows up, um, and that's when it's unaffordable because no one addressed the true cost. But how do you address the true cost? We have this Transparency Act that was put in place um, by one of the administrations, I don't remember specifically, I think it was the Trump administration, but where hospitals had to display uh, display their actual pricing. And uh, I always called it the menu board. There's no menu board in healthcare. And so if you look at the local hospitals around Chicago, uh, it's very hard to find online. Yeah, yeah, I think you have to call. It's really hard. I mean, it's very difficult, and some of them have landing pages um, talking about the whole act, and by the time you get through five paragraphs, you've lost interest in even trying to figure out or you forgot why you even looked there to begin with. According to another study uh, that we were able to pull uh, based on a uh, pool of hospitals. It wasn't everyone in the country. Based on the pool of hospitals that they surveyed, only 19% of them actually comply with the CMS um, guidelines for pricing transparency rules. 19%. So you're 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 still looking at 80% of the marketplace out there says basically, you know, the middle finger of saying, hey, you know, you're not going to get in any of our pricing until we send you the bill, and then if you do, if you balk at it, we're just going to send you to collections anyways. And so it's really just a bad way of doing business it's the only consumer product in the marketplace that we actually um, have so much trouble with but at the same token that we approach it in in such a different format that we do any other product in the entire marketplace and i always say if you just look at insurance products insurance is actually designed for sudden expensive uh, risks that we normally can't afford but it's not predictable um, so you look at a homeowners insurance you're not asking homeowners insurance to do power washing on your house, empty your gutters uh, from the leaves, or you know maybe even repainting your house because you know there's chips, you know the painted chips are coming off, or your AC and furnace that you need checked every year. They're not paying for any of that. Your auto insurance isn't replacing your uh, windshield wipers, and most people would say. Well, duh, uh, that's obvious. Well, that's because that's normal for us. And in healthcare, everybody's demanding that we have healthcare, access to healthcare, and we have, you know, what's the point of health insurance if I can't go to the doctor and get something done? Or if you wake up one day and you want a certain procedure done um, and and there's no medical diagnosis to lead into it, um, so like that's considered a cosmetic or some other experimental uh, they're not paying for those kind of things that's not normal but we expect it to because you want somebody else to pay the bill and that's what it comes down we're not taking personal responsibility let alone providers are more than willing to provide all this to you and then and bill you for it and they don't really care because they're going to send you to collections and then they get to deduct some portion of that or they get the write-off portion is not paid there's a whole bunch of stuff that goes on there but it's just the different approach with that, we demand so much out of healthcare, yet it's the one we have the biggest problem with. Prior to the Affordable Care Act, we all had high risk pool. Even small businesses had some element of high risk pool, um, and individuals and families had access to it too, where every state had. It. A high-risk pool, just like auto insurance does. We all know if we get in too many car accidents, we're out of the regular pool and we're in a high-risk pool. Workers' comp, same difference. You make too many claims, you're in you're in the pool. Whatever justifiable rate that they determine, we're at their mercy until our credit essentially is cleared. Now we can go back and say we're not really making a whole lot of claims. But somehow in health care, we feel like we could just forget all that. It's all based on expenses. People are using health insurance like an unlimited Credit card and it creates problems because somebody's going to have to pay that bill eventually, whether it's today or financed over a period of time. And healthcare is usually financed over a period of time. The insurance company can stomach the claims now, and they're just going to bill you for it at some point. And uh, not everybody's using healthcare every single year, and so um, they're going. It's going to catch up to us. We're paying for it anyways, and that's why. Even um, everybody knows that healthcare is deemed unaffordable in certain ways, and that's why we need help. And that's why employer sponsored plans are really great because employers are helping us pay the bill. But again, somebody else is helping us pay the bill to make it more affordable, unless your income is actually high enough to actually determine that you could actually pay for it. And then you just complain because it's high, and it really is. So when we talk about 2023 trends, uh, when it related to benefits or in the workplace, you know, there, there's there was a number of them and maybe on another podcast we can go through a number of things that employers fill out a survey for. This particular one is through um, armadacare.com. Um, I, I don't have any affiliation with them, but they had this document and they had a number of trends that they're seeing based on who they surveyed. And what I want to point out is the number one concern, that they have is employee retention that they're they need to address in 2023 um, the second one is the affordability of health care i I'm gonna tell you this is this should be reversed and the reason i'm telling you that is because if you could figure out a way to make it more affordable to provide a benefit you will increase your retention because either uh, one of two things or both things are going to occur is one is you're able to provide a better employee benefit program for the employee at a reduced cost and possibly Uh, even eliminate some of their out-of-pocket expenses or all of it depending on what the situation is. So you actually increase the benefit that maybe potentially that they can't get anywhere else. So that will be your retention effort. The other thing is, just think about it. If you're able to reverse the trend of healthcare, you're able to redistribute that cash that you're already spending back into wages or opportunities for new employees to come in. Uh, Maybe get rid of some of the old and get in some of the new, depending on what the situation is in the workplace. And so I wanted to bring that up because part of their survey, um, they said 50% of the uh, U.S. adults have difficulty paying for those healthcare costs. So even if you're providing an employee benefit program, it is a reflection of you and how you're administrating and how you address it. And it becomes an issue at some point because employers are making decisions to increase their out-of-pocket expenses and pass on more premium to their employees. How is that an employee benefit uh, – pro- what, what is the benefit of me as an employee – sitting in your desk, trying to make you money and profitability. Uh, but yet you're going to keep passing on costs and hurting my family. So my 3% wage increase that you just gave me just got wiped out because you gave me a 10% increase on my health care. It becomes an issue in the home at that point, And then you're expecting retention to be the same or, or better and becomes a real issue among employees and their their house and their home of what the income's coming in. And now, even though you just give them pay raise, now things are worse. So, but how do we get to this point? Um, And what I want to talk about like the beginning of the, um, what I opened up with is who you surround it with. Earlier today, I was actually on a uh, industry um, conference call and it was some collaboration, Uh, great folks on that call. And one of the things that was brought up Is that that one of our biggest things when we try to help employer clients out is um, that our industry taught them how to purchase their health insurance plan and what to do, and their current broker is doing the same thing. It's like this uh, ever uh, you know it's like big huge uh, circle we keep going around and. Um, like a round robin. We just keep going around, around, around. And it's always the same thing. We switch carriers. We try to save a few bucks. We stay with the big carriers because, they, hey, you know, there's loyalty here. You know, everybody takes, uh, you know, the big blue or, you know, the, the big green, whatever it might be. Um, and all of a sudden, we're always stuck in the same spot. We just keep moving around, and we never really solve anything. But that's the way the industry had presented itself that's the way the, uh, my competition sells. It's all about who you surround with. So if we go to a board meeting and you bring your current insurance broker, what's that topic going to talk about? What, it, what is it going to be? If they taught you how to purchase health insurance, what ideas are they going to bring to the table if they already taught you how to do it? And then if they don't bring any new ideas to the table, or it just keeps going in a circle where you keep switching carriers, you know, or maybe the fear of self-funded is an issue or level funded, or... You know, how do we educate the employees to do a better job and produce better outcomes? Uh, It's hard to do that because, you know, we don't have computers and employees don't pay attention. And, you know, we have all these excuses and it validates what yourself, whatever they are, whatever the conversation is, they validate inside the boardroom. And and, and you tend to get nowhere. The broker comes in and says, hey, they came back with a 15 percent increase on the health insurance. You're paying a million bucks a year. Uh, you know, do the math on that. That's the increase. And then they say, but I, you know what, I, you know, because you're a good client of mine, I went to bat for you and told them that you're a good client and, you know, you mean well and business sucks and all this stuff. And, uh, and all of a sudden, you know, they're only, you know, they'll reduce it from 15% down to nine and a half percent. And so, you know, the broker did his job because he just reverse. The trend of healthcare, because you can reduce your renewal. But did he, right? We don't know what the profit margins are. Fully insured hides a lot of the fees and structure and how things are. You could be the most profitable account the insurance company has, and you have no idea what the numbers are. And shame on the CFO that doesn't ask for that data, because you ask for that data on every other part of the business, so you could see what's going on. What's going in, what's going out, right? Dollar's going in, dollar's going out. and so. But we don't do it on healthcare and, uh, and our benefit program. And so it's about who we surround ourselves with. We eventually end up start talking the same way. So the renewals are consistent. A lot of people eventually end up dreading it because they know the outcome. They know where they're going to be going because it always ends up being the same. And so sometimes you just got to look at things from a different angle. In that movie, Big Hero 6, uh, you just have to you know, look at things a little bit different, maybe through a different eye. You know, you're always going to hear the same stories from the same people you hang out with. So why don't you move the circle you're in? Maybe go hang out with somebody, even a, let's say even talk to the broker that's doing the work, right? You don't need to buy from them. In fact, most of the time, though, when they're doing things that reverse the trend of healthcare, they probably won't care too much if you just start building a relationship with them. They could probably say, hey, I hear you're doing some different things that I'm used to. You Mind if I listen in once in a while? And I'm almost certain almost 100% of them will do it. They may charge a fee here and there, um, and that's fair too. Uh, if you're going to access the information, you can take that and use it for whatever you want. Start listening to those guys. Maybe ask for a proposal or an alternative and listen to that meeting. Again, they might charge you for that meeting, and they might charge you for that proposal. But I tell you what, you own the proposal. You're able to keep it. Go back to your current broker. They're probably going to you know, beat it up and say, you know, there's risk in that. And you know we've seen that in the few, you know with other clients, and they end up going back to the big blue or the big green or whatever color they are, and and we end up going back to what 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 it was. So that's the selling point. But if you change the room you're in and start talking to people that are a little bit more familiar with the format, start listening to podcasts. There's CFOs out there talking about this stuff with healthcare, how they reverse the trend by millions of dollars a year for some of these national companies, and so. Start surrounding yourself with some of the people that are out there. It changes the perspective. It, it it helps you look through a different lens to start understanding that there is a different way of purchasing a benefit program for the workplace. And you have to start doing it. Otherwise, you're going to be caught um, and you're going to be continue to keep spending higher costs. There's companies all over the country that are closing up their doors right now uh, because they can't figure out how to control their health care costs. There is actually a book. a book. Um, I think it's um, titled something like the uh, healthcare that saved the company or something like that. And and he was doing all this research. And I guess uh, they anticipated that you know within 12 or 18 months, they were going to shut the doors. The healthcare cost was too expensive. So he went to somebody else besides his current broker and said, I need another solution because otherwise I got to shut my doors. And he acted on faith, uh, had no idea something was going to work. And he f- ended up figuring out a way to provide a better f- benefit program, reduce the cost for the employees, not only in the premium, but also the out-of-pocket expenses. And for several years, the premiums kept going in reverse. And so there are ways to do it. You just have to figure it out. And here's just some of the ideas to change your perspective on, on going into healthcare planning and healthcare costs for the benefits uh, for your company. Uh, one is... Even if we switch to alternative funding, so self-funded, level-funded, there's other ways to funding your health care. Um, you have to figure out a way to manage those costs. You can't just hurry up and go to you know, the emergency room or you know go to certain pharmacies for certain drugs when you can find alternative drugs on, like, generic is a prime example or just buying it from a different source you get the same drug you could get the same brand drug just buy it from a different source and get a reduced cost and so those are some of the things that you could practice right now before you do anything else to help reduce costs and it's going to actually save your employees money in the long run so even right now, if you can't do anything on your fully insured plan because you're too small, you're not big enough, you get too high risk, whatever, you, let's educate the employees and figure out how to manage those costs. Reduce their out-of-pocket at claim time and be an advocate for them. And that way, at claim time, some of the things um, that I talked about on here is some of the stories, just picking up the phone and calling. Uh, there's programs we could put in place for it, even if it, it was just you as the employer They actually say hey come into my office let's uh, you know we'll go on speaker with them as long as you you know uh give them permission you know there's hipaa violations there but you just have to uh, get permission from the employee maybe get a little bit more involved and just start asking some of the questions or at least giving them encouragement to do something um so just help control some of the costs recommend certain things such as um ask for the generic go to the urgent care versus the er maybe ask questions before you're actually doing a test uh it doesn't mean you can't do the test just ask more questions. The next thing is plan designs. you got plan, plan designs to create certain amount of incentive to get access to the care that you need, but not too much access. So you feel like, well, I just need a $100 copay at the emergency room. And then that's all they do is go to the ER, which is costing the health plan more money. So re- restructure the plan design. So there's uh, it's financially favorable on both sides. This may take some work in a couple of years to uh, go through. Um, and that's why you need to work with somebody that knows the process and gets you to where you guys need to be, even if it takes you a couple of years to get there. You're not going to be able to do that with the current guy if that's all they're doing is recycling plans over and over again because that's just the way healthcare care is um, the ACA rates are, are really hurting small and mid-sized companies and so the sooner you can get out of those rates and get into more what they call alternative funding then we can certainly do that and start reversing the trend you could at least get a financial report to see where claims are at like this morning I received one from one of the companies i had every month what their expenses were now i don't know who they were who was making the claim but i have a monthly expense report exactly what was spent by the insurance plan for that particular company what kind of data or what can a cfo do in a company when they're able to look at this and say holy smokes june every year is our biggest spike or whatever it might be um well maybe do something different for your employees during that month to help move it into a different direction it does break it down by categories, so you got prescription drugs and you have uh, emergency room visits, so you can educate your employees and figure out which way is the control of the cost. So even if you're um, not there yet, we could certainly mo- start making that progression to get to that point. And then the last thing I want to point out here that wasn't part of one of these surveys was just the advocacy portion. So if the, comp- the company you work for or, or you're the owner or executive that is listening to this podcast, that... You can implement advocacy programs you're paying a stipend per employee to get access to it it's a benefit for the employees um it's a great benefit and so you get assistance with claims or the employees get assistance with claims so you don't have to get involved right you don't have to worry about hipaa violations or anything like that you could actually you know give them a program they make phone calls they help them through the process uh even price check things and make sure um they're there uh, just uh, literally yesterday, I made a post and talked about some claim issues that were g- going on, even in my personal life, but like some of the things that kind of like the things we talk about on this podcast, and I put it in text on LinkedIn, you can go check it out. And so somebody from an advocacy company actually reached out to me and said, hey, we could help you and uh, not realizing what I do, but that's how motivated they are to help. To help these people with claims they even reached out to me and they had no idea what i did they just somehow because of comments on there it showed up on their news feed that hey somebody somebody you know commented on here or liked it and then it showed up and so and that's the power of social media but um but my whole point here is they were so vested um into what i had placed on there that they were willing to help and so all good things there and uh, just change your environment, change the people you're working with. I'm not saying to get rid of the old ones yet. I'm just saying start talking to the people that have the ideas, have implemented them, have your results, and listen a little bit less to the ones that are not really open-minded to it because otherwise you could be one of those businesses that shut their doors.
0: Hey, gang. Ever wonder what it's like to be a small business owner? It's confusing. Weird expenses coming out of nowhere. And when you throw in health insurance, forget it. Nobody understands how that works. If you own a business, big or small, it's one of the biggest expenses you have all year long. And yet, we all wait until open enrollment at the end of the year, and then we think to ourselves, next year, next year I'll get a jump on it. And then it's another year of paying way too much. If you're a business owner, big or small, HR representative that wants to impress the boss, give Butch Zimar of Elite Benefits of America a call. Save yourself or your boss thousands or even tens of thousands of dollars a year. Reach out to Butch right now, 708-535-3006 or shoot him an email, butch at elitebenefits.net. And be sure to check out the Zimar podcast. Don't wait till the last minute. Put Butch Zemar to work for you now.